0: Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television.
1: Good evening and welcome to the 14th annual Writers by the Sea Symposium at Point Loma Nazarene University. My name is Carl Martin. I teach American Literature for the Department of Literature, Journalism, and Modern Languages uh, and uh, teach um, some writing courses as well. Uh, Continuing our practice that we began last year, we have invited songwriters to the symposium. This year we are joined by two wonderful songwriters. First, I want to welcome back to campus Vanguard Records and Sony recording artist and Point Loma Nazarene University alumnus, Greg Laswell. Greg has released two full-length albums on Vanguard through Toledo in 2006 and three flights from Alto Nido in 2008. His songs have been featured on television shows such as Grey's Anatomy, Without a Trace, cold case, and damages. Please join me in welcoming Greg Laswell. We are also joined by Richie Fure, a founding member along with Dewey Martin, Bruce Palmer, Stephen Stills, and Neil Young of the seminal folk rock band Buffalo Springfield in 1966. Fure also formed Poco with Jim Messina and others a few years later. He has a long and significant recording career. His latest studio album is Heartbeat of Love, and he has also recently released recently released a 2 CD live album, The Richie Furay Band Alive. Richie has long served as the pastor of a Calvary Chapel congregation in Colorado. Along with the other members of Buffalo Springfield, Richie was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997. Please join me in welcoming Richie Furay. As I was thinking about this evening, I was struck by the gap between um, the way popular music is received by fans and, and the way it is created. Uh, as a fan of the music, I first hear the song, usually on a, a recording, uh, and I hear the lyric and the melody and the vocal harmonies and the, the accompaniment, the musical accompaniment, all together, all as a piece. And yet, I realized that dozens of decisions have gone into how that music sounds before it ever reaches me. And so I I was wondering, um, Richie, if if you could tell us about how that process works for you. Um, I'm thinking of the recorded version of one of your early songs, uh, A Child's Claim to Fame. Um, It's one thing to read the lyrics to this song. It's it's something else, again, to hear it. uh, The recorded version with vocal harmonies between you and Stephen Stills and the kind of lilting musical accompaniment uh, that seems to highlight the feeling of make-believe that is undercut by some of the lyrics. Can you talk about how a song moves from your beginnings with it, with the lyric and melody, to the final product that fans hear?
2: I think when um, when the song comes into my mind, I, I, I begin to formulate at that point the style. And, you know, I've, I've been kind of like uh, put into a box in, in many... Uh, in many regards you know you 're a, a country rock musician or you 're this kind of a you know, and, and i don 't like to be put into a box. That particular song was a song that uh, I created and I heard in my mind as a bluegrass type song, and so I, I wanted to adapt uh, a dobro and and various instruments to that in the recording my little My little phrase uh, guitar phrase that starts the song off kind of lent it to that. Uh, to that style and so it was a you know back when the Buffalo Springfield was playing we were experimenting a lot. I mean we played so many different kinds of music and that particular song just happened to be one that I formulated in my mind, maybe from my upbringing uh, you know, in Ohio, um, as, a, as a bluegrass song. And it was something that was unique, I think, to a rock and roll record of 1960, uh, you know, 66. Yeah.
1: And writing for Buffalo Springfield, writing for Poco, you had to know that, that this would probably be vocal harmonies. That there'd be... Oh, absolutely. So w- were you thinking in those terms as you, as you write the song well, where the harmonies would fit i 've always been, been focused on harmonies,
2: and um, I think most of my songs, most of my music lends itself to harmonies. Stephen and I um, work together really a lot in the very beginning, just vocalizing, phrasing. And we would sing a lot like you and I just sitting right here looking at each other and we would sit and just play the songs. We'd sing unison and then we would, one of us would just break off into a harmony. And it was just something that came natural with the music. Not all music is like that but I think, you know, my music certainly lends itself to uh, to harmonies.
1: Craig, how about you? In, in, when you write songs, do you have an ear for the Kind of the instrumental accompaniment that'll be with it. Does this is this something that comes later for you? Um,
3: no, I I, uh, I I record and write um, simultaneously, and uh, many times we'll write and record all of the instruments to a song, and not have any lyrics to it yet, and uh, and then go back and and kind of build this um, you know layered song. Uh, that sometimes lives as an instrumental piece for a, a long, long time before I go back and plug away at the, at the lyrics and the melody. So.
1: That's interesting because I'm thinking of um, that it moves from Three Flights and it, there's this richly textured kind of musical context um, and you seem to give the listener permission to, to quote the lyrics, forget the words if you must. Right? Mm. <laughs> um, can, can you talk about the relationship between the lyrics and other elements of the song a little bit more? Yeah,
3: that song uh, came from um, a, a co-write that I was going to do with someone before we broke up, and then uh, and so I wrote it um, after after that. And uh, it, it's the very first song that I did for that particular album, Three Flights from Tonito, And it started off as just a me and a guitar, and then when it came time to produce it, the the label wanted a bunch of stuff on it, so so I went back in the studio and redid it, but. Um, Yeah, it's just about writing a song uh, that you were supposed to write with someone else under different circumstances and still using it, because I I had had the song written already um, and then finished it, the lyric content, for a different reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also, I I was at a conference one time where a bunch of academics were presenting papers on popular music, and we were almost all focusing on the lyrics, almost exclusively, and, and a very good music critic got up and told us, you know, a song is not its lyrics. There, there's something more to it, and you, you can't kind of abstract the lyrics. And I was thinking of that as I was listening to um, Days Go On. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to just sit and read the lyrics to that song. Right. Listening to it, I get a whole different feel from all the instrumentation. Um, is that another one that, that kind of the music was there before the lyric, or... Oh, that one,
3: uh, no, that one was, yeah, the same way. It was, I built up this song that I really liked the progression to and, and then put, actually, that's not true. Um, I totally lied to everyone here just now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I got the drum beat for that one first, and I liked it. it was a really simple drum beat that I liked. And so I laid that down and then started texturing it and then uh, again came back and wrote the lyrics after the, after the fact.
1: Richie, one of your best-known songs, and one of my favorites, is the beautiful song "Kind Woman." Yeah, this is a very enduring song for you. <laughs> I have it. I have recordings of it with Buffalo Springfield. I have it on a live photo album. Alive, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then you recorded
1: it again on "Heartbeat of Love." What is it about that song that keeps leading you back to it again and again? Well,
2: it, for me personally, after after. Many years uh, of it, you know, being already recorded with the Buffalo Springfield and Poco, I, I always wanted to hear the song in time, and it, it was out of time in uh, the Buffalo Springfield. It, would, it had it had um, measures that were not consistent with uh, with the overall song, and um, I just, for some reason or another, I wanted to put the song in time. So. I recorded it again on my Heartbeat of Love uh, record, so now I think I have recorded it with every group. I guess SHF didn't record yeah. it, but I recorded it with every band, so I keep the, that's how yeah. I keep a song keep, alive. Keep song you know, alive. I just uh, record it
1: again, now yeah. what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Heartbeat of Love um, album seems to be really an album of songs dedicated to enduring love. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a, a lot of songs yeah. a, a, about that. It, this is not a theme that's common in popular music, necessarily. Were you aware that you were writing around a theme when you put those songs together, or did that kind of happen naturally? That's pretty much, you know, what my style of writing is. I mean, I'm,
2: you know, I'm passionate in my love for my wife. I'm passionate in my love for my Lord when we write devotional songs. And, um... So consequently, you know that is, that is usually the theme i 'm not a social commentator i 'm not a political commentator i wouldn 't even pretend to be that, but I do know something about relationship. My wife and I have been married for forty two years, so uh, I do know something about
4: relationship
1: there, there's an irony to that to that statement about not writing political songs, given that you sing the vocal harmonies on for what it you know, 's it's, worth it's, that's lifted up that 's a nice little uh, kind of paradox there. Um, Greg, like Richie, you write songs that seem to be deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a bit, especially to the young songwriters who might be here in our audience, uh, about the benefits and drawbacks that you see of, of writing and singing such personal songs?
3: Yeah, you know, I, um, my writing mentor when I was going to college um, was Dean Nelson, a professor uh, in the uh, creative writing department. I took his class twice. And uh, one of the things that he, that I I think the most valuable thing that I took away from, um, being able to interact with him while I was trying to learn how to write, um, was to, if you're not a little bit afraid, at least a little bit afraid of what you write, then you may be lying to your audience. And so if you're not showing them everything, that means you're probably, you know, not, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a waste of their time, especially within the singer songwriter genre, um, where you know, I think the most important part of that interaction between the, the listener and the writer is is communication and honesty. So, uh, and I remember calling Dean one day, because I had written an album, and I and I woke up and hated everything on it, and uh, I saw way too much of myself in it, and I panicked, and so I called him, and <laughs> I'm like, you know, do you are you ever afraid afraid of what you write, or do you ever hate? what well, you write and he, and he told me I hate everything that comes out of my mouth <laughs> and uh, so it ena- enabled me to uh, you know you don't have to be a fan of, of the way you sound or, 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 or what you write um, your only job is to communicate um, honestly but yeah I mean it's, sometimes I feel like I'm writing a, a letter to someone in class and then the teacher picks it up and reads it to everyone and so um it's a little embarrassing
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm thinking too that it, it's one thing to write and record such, song, such songs, it's another yeah. thing to, to sing them in, in concert right. n- night after night um, Does singing the songs help you process, process the experience? Uh, does it take you back to painful days? Does it do both? No, you know, it doesn't
3: um, it, it, the, the, the real sad songs, the more I sing them Becomes songs about where I was and not where I am so, uh, And you find a new way to interact with your song When, when, you're, you know, when you're doing better, but you still um, have to sing it So um, so I think about my dog passing away or something like that When I'm on stage Kind of distance it a little bit from, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. from
1: the actual memory perhaps uh, Richie, maybe you can offer some perspective here. You've, you've got personal songs like Kind Woman, like Sad Memory, that mm-hmm. you've, you've been singing for a long, long time to audiences. Yeah. Do you, do you make a, kind of that emotional connection with them, and has it changed over the years as you've sung those songs?
2: Certainly Kind Woman, as I, as I sing that over and over again, uh, you know, it, it stays alive because my relationship is alive uh, with my wife. Um, a sad memory was written about uh, a girlfriend that I had in college and she put the dump on me and it was the first song that I that I ever recorded and uh, but it's something that I think that everyone can relate to I mean I think you we've all probably been dumped you know by a girlfriend at some point in time but that song was written so many years ago that I, I you know it's it's like okay I understand that this was me then it's not me now but I know that there's someone probably out in the audience that I'm singing to that can relate to that song. And so I sing it with as much passion as I can when I, when I do sing it. But I don't go back to that experience when I wrote that song and what was happening in my heart and how it was gripping me at that time. Yeah.
1: You represent two different generations. And, and one of the remarkable changes has been the way that a singer-songwriter makes connections to an audience. Richie, you, you've talked about in the early days of Buffalo Springfield how you're just listening to AM radio to to hear your song to hear to get a chance to hear your song and and feel like if we could just get a hit record then we'd be on our way. Can can you talk about a little bit of of, of how the the band tried to get tried to make that connection to AM radio?
2: Yeah, that was with Poco, and. Um, uh, AM radio was what it was all about in those days. I mean, you had, the, you had the AM radio, and the people were hearing it in their cars, they were hearing it in their homes, they were hearing it at work, and, and all of a sudden it was just being drilled into your head. And so that was what really catapulted a group into the, into the other echelon of, uh, uh, of artists and all. And it, we needed a hook. We needed a, a familiar melody that someone could just, you know, hum. And so we began to to really think that through. We thought we had it with a good feeling to know. Uh, that was, we were, at that point in time, we thought, this is the song that's going to be our, our launching pad. And, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, it, it just didn't happen. But today, I mean people come to me all the time. I can't understand. That was the, you know, definitive country rock song, you know, that should have been a, yeah. a hit. Well,
1: could have, should have, would have, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Greg, it seems like good news, bad news. I, on the one hand, you don't have the power of AM radio that, that could get your music to millions of people at once. Right. Uh, and yet you do have a lot of other strategies. Uh, what kind of work do you do to try to make those connections to, to an audience? I know you've done some things with songs placed on television shows.
3: Yeah, um, I wish I could take more credit for that stuff. I, I uh, the 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 my management and, and the label, um, the the labels that I'm with, do a lot of work to, to get that stuff um, uh, placed. Um, you know, it it there, there's been one significant change. Um, t- TV is becoming the new radio as far as breaking breaking songs. Uh, and people go out and buy, like, you know, the soundtrack to Grey's Anatomy because they like the same music that the music supervisor who gets to pick the songs. Uh, they have the same, you know, taste. Much like a disc jockey would play a certain type of music. And uh, so, yeah, and radio is, you know, radio's kind of suffering everywhere you look. It's, um, you know, L.A. just had two big stations go down within the last couple months, and, and so... Uh, there is a there is a bit of a shift on uh, how people are finding their music these
1: days and so when you when you play live shows and and do fans kind of tell you where they first heard you and is it often one of the the television shows
3: yeah it's it 's usually from the biggest one I get is it 's from t- television shows or from a friend who um, you know gave them my record, one one girl and I'll never forget this, actually, it was just on the last tour. Uh, this girl comes up to me after the show, and she 's like, "Hey, I um, just wanted to say I was going through a really hard time, and your music got me through a lot, and I was given your CD by a friend I'm wondering if you could sign it." I'm like, "Yeah, of course, you know, so she reaches in her purse and takes out a CDR of um, <laughs> this." <laughs>
4: Oh, <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> I'm happy to sign it. I wish it yeah, yeah. was. Uh... Uh,
3: it said, you know, with a sharpie, it said Greg Laswell, Three Flights for Mount Anita. She got the name wrong. Um, <laughs> so I signed it and said, thank you for coming tonight. You know, I didn't realize that she actually gave you the CD.
4: <laughs>
1: We are about out of time. I want to uh, thank uh, my guests, Greg Laswell, Richie Furet. Will you join me in uh, thanking them once again for their time and insight? We're going to take just a couple minutes here to let... Uh, Greg, get unmiked here, and for uh, for, to welcome Brandon Walters to the uh, to the stage. Uh, They're going to play a couple of songs, and then uh, Richie uh, and his band will uh, take it from there. Uh, Thank you again for your attendance and your attention, and hope you enjoy the music.
3: This one is, uh, is called How the Day Sounds, and it's on my EP, and then I re- re- re-did it a little bit and put it on my last record. And uh, I do have CDs on sale um, tonight in the back if you would like to buy, like, three or four of them. You
0: ready?
4: Known Could be this easy I was a long long way off And just like that it's over Everything that I knew of love I was a long long way off And I think I like how to day sounds, like how the day sounds, I'm through this new song. Thank you for opening the window, the sky is clear as my mind is now, I was a long, long way off. Join me in welcoming the sun in It's much brighter than the night I hid in I was a long, long way off And I think I like how the day sounds Like how the day sounds through this new song And I think I like from a long way down, yeah, it's well worth the time that it's taken to get here now, yeah, it's well worth the time that it's taken. And I think I like How the day sounds Through this new song And I think I like How the day sounds Through this new song Through this new song And the light.
3: Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your night. Richie's going to be up here shortly. Thanks again, I appreciate it.
2: This is going to go back to uh, 1969 with a group, that little group called Poco that I was with. And uh, this was kind of like the transition song that uh, started the whole thing off for us called Picking Up the Pieces.
0: There's just a little bit of magic in the country music we're singing So let's begin We're bringing you back down home where the folks are happy Sitting, picking, and grinning Casually You and me will pick up the pieces Uh Somebody kind of makes it on a Sunday afternoon, well, picnic lunches of yesterday should still have a place in your heart today, think it over, cause we'll all be gone. Just a little bit of magic in the country magic. Music we thing singing So let's begin We're bringing you back Bring down you back home down. Where the folks, folks are happy Sitting, picking, and agreeing mm-hmm. Would you sit yourself down to play country music, singing songs that we both knew? Well, Lord, I pray that the day will come when both of us will sit down and strum on our guitar. Just a little bit of magic in the country music we're singing. So let's begin. We're bringing you back down home where the folks are happy. Sitting, picking, and agreeing. Casually, you you and me will pick up the pieces. Just a little bit of magic in the country music we're singing, so let's begin, we're bringing you back down home where the folks are happy, sitting, picking, and a casually,